Welcome to another episode of Talk Like a Fan. I'm your host, Estelle Clapham, and I have the greatest guest of all time on my podcast today. (laughs) He is my number one fan, potentially my only fan. It is my dad, who's affectionately known as Hound Dog in our family. Ian Clapham. Hey. Hey. <laughs> I think I'm the greatest imposter of all because I know very little about racing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you and me both, so I've obviously learnt from the best. But, you know, that's what it's about. I do enjoy it, though. So, well, having said that, <laughs> I don't think I enjoyed last night's race as much as I might have other races. So No, it wasn't the best race we've seen. I think if you were there, it would probably have been amazing. The atmosphere would have been incredible. But <laughs> especially if I was Dutch, right? With yeah. all the flares going. I think if and... you're a Dutch <laughs> Dutch fan anywhere in the world, it would have been an amazing race. But for us at uh, one AM in the morning it was a little bit literally a snooze fest. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a procession, wasn't it, really? And it was I don't know, from start to finish, it looked like Verstappen was going to win to me. So Yeah, and I think I think that could have been a sure bet. I'm sure the bookies had good good odds on it. Yeah, very good odds. Well you would have got good odds on anyone else beating him, that's for sure. Yeah. It's it's an interesting one because obviously we haven't been uh to that track since nineteen eighty five and Nicky Lauda was the last F1 driver to win on that track. But they've obviously made changes to the track since then. And as we were both discussing, I don't know why anyone would create a track where it's... Nikki who? (laughs) Great start. (laughs) Okay. I don't think I ever told you the joke. (laughs) He says Nikki who and you're supposed to say louder. And I say, Nikki who? (laughs) <laughs> oh, louder. <laughs> well, there you go. There's our first dad joke of talk like a fan ever. I'm normally pretty good at them, but you hear one directly from a dad. So, I mean, you're winning. Anyway, as I was Sorry. saying, <laughs> were you sitting on that for a good five minutes before you? No, as soon as you said Nikki, but I was waiting for you to take oh, a breath. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. You know that I don't breathe, don't you? Yeah, well. You've seen it in action plenty of time. Anyway. Breathe underwater. Uh, literally. But that's oh, a story sorry, for another speak day. Underwater. Yeah, that's a story for another day. Um, yeah, so it's just I'd, I it's interesting they've made all these adjustments to the track and it looked from the outside a really interesting track, but I don't know why anyone would create a track where you can't overtake because to me that is racing, having the challenges and being able to overtake a car. Yeah, when I saw the drive-throughs and rounds and different things leading up to the race, certainly through practice and everything else, I thought, this looks like a track that you could really easily overtake on. It's really wide. It's got some pretty wide bends, got some tight ones as well, lots of camber. But I was really surprised that it was how difficult it was to overtake. There were so many drivers stuck behind others and it seemed to happen all the way through the race. So people that are really good at overtaking um like Alonso didn't seem to get past people um obviously we fav- love Daniel Ricardo but Daniel d- didn't seem to be able to get past anyone at ease or 
and uh, same too with Hamilton. He just couldn't really, I guess his speed was the issue, though. He just needed more speed. Yeah, yeah, well, that's what he's saying it is. He's just saying they were just too much faster than Mercedes. Um, I Truthfully, you asked for a few predictions before the race, and I didn't have any because, as I said, it's like a whole new experience for the drivers and for us as fans because we haven't seen it in a really long time. I've never seen it in my lifetime. I'm not even going to say how old I am, but I've not seen it in my lifetime. Um, so I guess for me, I thought truthfully we we're going to have a few crashes, a few, you know, especially in the first couple of laps, I thought there'd be a red flag early into it. But we only had two DNFs and it was Sonoda and Mazepin and both yeah. were for pretty minor reasons. Well, I'm not sure Mazapan can ever finish, can he? <laughs> <laughs> Mazapan. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure about Nikita Mazapan. Is that something you put on cake? Mazapan, yeah. <laughs> Don't know if I'd be putting him on my cake, but anyway. Um, yeah, no, so it was, a pretty, it was a pretty straightforward race. There wasn't really much exciting. There's not really much to comment. Um, Perez got driver of the day, which I think we've discussed. Yeah, he drove really well, especially out of the pits. I mean, I think that he started from the pits and... And where he finished was he a really good drive. I mean, yeah, I'm not one of his favourite fans, but um, and I'm not sure how long it lasts at Red Bull because he they want him to be doing more as they always do for Verstappen. So yeah. um, anyway, he signed a new contract, so I guess he'll be there for another year or two. So, but um, I look the driver. I think and they and the commentators from Sky said it during I think Quali. Um, is Gasly. Gasly, they said he goes under the radar and then admitted themselves the reason he does because they never comment on him. <laughs> yeah, and if we're talking about Red Bull second drivers, the fact that Gasly was in P4 at the end of the race and he was famously dropped by Red Bull halfway through a season, um, I mean, I agree with you. I love Pierre Gasly. I always have really liked him. I like seeing him achieve and I think most F1 fans do. But again, he just doesn't get the exposure that a lot of drivers no. do. And I think he's got a car that's, I wouldn't think, typically as fast as some of the ones that are around him and some of those behind him. So, you know, to finish four without any sort of, there was no fuss about his drive. He just kept driving and stayed in that position. Could he have overtaken any of those in front of him? Probably not anyway. I mean, they've got faster cars. So. Yeah, he had such a gap between him and Bottas um, throughout the whole race or whoever was in P3, um, and he basically just was out there solo, riding solo. Yeah, no one really challenged him. So I think he, to me, I would have picked him as the driver of the day only because he's solid and... It'd be nice to see him get a podium. One driver that we did discuss over the weekend is obviously a favourite of mine, and that's Lando Norris. And we discussed why he wasn't doing so well in qualifying. And one of the things we touched on was that, you know, he had quite a bad accident last week. Do we think he was a little bit shaken in quali? Well, I certainly do. And I think, again, I was a bit surprised with the commentators in some regards. They were saying, they were questioning why he wasn't doing so well in quali. And then obviously a red flag stopped him. So he didn't even make P3. Oh, sorry, Q3. Um, But he... To me, you can't run into a wall. I don't think any human can run into the wall the way he did a week earlier and not be a bit shaken. It's got a, especially on a track that hasn't is is unfamiliar to every driver, but particularly to him, he's got to be a bit more cautious than he might be otherwise. And look, I know F1 drivers are freaks, and that 
they don't have any fear, but there's got to be an element of that creep into everyone eventually and and probably all the time, but they just don't want to admit it. Do you think it's unfair of us as spectators to expect that of our drivers? Um, I don't think it's unfair for us to expect them to get back in the car and go really fast, yeah. but I think we should be reasonable. They're human beings after all, and um, you can't hit the wall as hard. And Look, he hit the wall really hard, and he's really lucky not to have got some severely injured. Mm. Um, and, you know, Belgium was such a flop for everyone. If he'd had a chance to drive in Belgium and race, you know, he probably would have been a different story yesterday. So Yeah, you think he might have recovered that confidence? Yeah, though. probably. And I'm sure he'll be back next week. I just think he needed a week to shake off the cobwebs and, and, I, and get, you know, comfortable again. Yeah. And come race day, he did reasonably well anyway. He made yes. up a fair bit of pace. And uh, as we know, Daniel Ricciardo's... I thought uh, coming back after summer break that Daniel Ricciardo was going to do really well considering he ended up qualifying in P4 last week and obviously got those yes. half points. I thought he'd come back from the summer break almost with a bit more confidence, confidence in himself, confidence in the car. But yesterday, again... Slightly disappointing. Yeah, I was disappointed, and I'm not sure what's going on there. Obviously, as Australians, we all want Daniel to win, and we want him to do really well week in, week out. Mm. But he's he is struggling a bit, and hopefully, it'll just flick on like a light switch one day. He'll real, feel really comfortable with the car and and start getting some podiums. So certainly before the end of the season, I think he's capable of getting podiums, and it'd be really nice to see both McLarens on a podium at once. That'd be lovely. I'd love to see that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Would you say Daniel's your favourite driver? Um, that's hard to say. He's a favourite because he's an Aussie, He, I, and he's a larrikin. We just love him for that. I think anyone that takes life not too seriously like Daniel is, is delightful, but... Um, I don't know. I I think um, you've spoken with me about Hamilton, and you think yeah. Look, I really think Hamilton's in a, a league of his own. I really do think that, and for reasons that sometimes aren't stated, the guy can get out there and he can look. He here's his pattern now, which is really interesting. He no sooner gets on the track with a new set of tyres and he's saying how badly they're going <laughs> and then he's still got them on at the end, <laughs> you know. So And you see other drivers start complaining about their tyres the next thing they've got a blowout or something. Yeah. And so he's it's very odd to me. I think he's... I think he's in a league of his own. I think Verstappen's very close in terms of ability, but at the moment, if they were in equal cars, I still think Hamilton would beat Verstappen. That's interesting. Okay. So who do you think is going to come out with the championship? Do you have a prediction or are you just going to play um, week by week? Look, my my head says that Verstappen's going to win it and my heart says that Hamilton will win it. And I'm just hoping, frankly, that Toto and his boys in the engineering team and everything else get their act together a bit more and get Hamilton and Bottas a faster car. Speaking of Bottas, we saw yesterday that Mercedes put fresh tyres on him and then told him not to go for the fastest lap, and then he, he still did. did. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that? Uh, well, we, what did we watch? Uh, Ferrari versus uh, Ford, Ford versus, versus Ferrari, Ferrari only yeah. a day earlier, and, yeah. and a similar thing happened there. Um, look, I don't think they should ever tell a driver not to do that. That's my view. I think yeah. they should let the drivers race, and especially, you know, He's in a really awkward position and has been really since he joined Mercedes. Uh, he's a particularly good driver. He's had lots of podiums. He's had lots of um, great runs in quali, including poles. And 
it's just a shame the position he finds himself in. He's in a team where um, there's pressure on him that shouldn't really be on him. Um, and that's yeah. got a lot to do with wanting to bring young George Russell into the team. And boy, is he a good driver, but you know, yeah. what you do. So I feel very sorry and I and it's awful to feel sorry for a driver. I don't want I think that's bad. Like, you know, it's embarrassment for them as well as us feeling that we should be sorry for them. But yeah. I mean it's just a really difficult position for him to be in. And he's a damn good driver and seemingly from everything I've ever seen him, he's a really top guy. And yeah. you know, he'd be a nice bloke to meet. So Yeah, definitely. And I think we were talking about it last night, how I said there's no doubt that Lewis Hamilton is, you know, the ultimate driver and that he has won his championships because of his skills. But I guess you've got to give Valtteri some credit for being a bit of a team player because you know, when Lewis has needed help, Valtteri has almost been... Well, he helped him last night. What about when um, after the pit of Verstappen and he slowed him down for a couple of laps? I mean, you know, he, he definitely helped him last night and, you know, could I guess, you know, you can see why they asked him not to get the fastest lap. Yeah. Um, but it cost him a set of tyres. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. It was pretty funny how they were like, abort, 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 and then the next thing you know, purple across his name, he got the fastest lap, um, which is absolutely not what they wanted. But, I mean, it's it's as you said, it's a tough one because drivers should be fighting for themselves ultimately. And especially, I mean, I know Mercedes have looked after him and you know I'm a fan of Mercedes as a team, but ultimately we he's potentially almost guaranteed not to be at Mercedes next season. So what does he owe them at the end of the day? Yeah, exactly. He should be driving to prove to any other team that's looking at him, hey, look, you know what? I might not be winning the championship, but I can still get the fastest lap. Yeah. And I still am pretty much a team player. I've certainly helped this team out for a few years and certainly in recent times. And But, you know, what has he got to lose? He should just go for it. I'd like to see him win a race in the next few races. It'd be wonderful. Yeah. He's really deserving it. Yeah, and I think it'd be nice for him to go out on a high as well if he is leaving Mercedes. I mean, we keep talking about it, but I think in my mind, I said it last week in the episode, I think definitely George is coming in. Yeah. So um, I, I feel like Valtteri was obviously always set up not to fail, but he was never, when your teammate is Lewis Hamilton, how do you navigate through that and how oh, do you? It's just so hard. And it's a th- it's the question of, well, do you stand second on the podium all those times and is that good enough or do you go to a team and try and challenge him? Well, the trouble is if you go to another team, unless that team's got a faster car, you're going to have trouble. (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, he can go to another team and he may never get another podium and that's really sad because he's a podium driver. Yet, you know, same could be said for George Russell. If he stays at Williams, will he get a lot of podiums? And probably not. So... Will he get lots with Mercedes? Well, they've got to lift their game too because right now Red Bull are faster cars and I don't even know what they did. What have they done to make them faster from last year? They weren't that no fast idea. last year. No, so they definitely weren't. They've certainly done some good engineering work on them. And Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just talking about that losing the podiums, obviously, um, we've seen that with Daniel Ricciardo as well when he made the swap from Red Bull. He was always going to go to a team that probably wasn't in the same league as Red Bull. So I guess it's a tough thing for drivers. What do you sacrifice and at what cost? Well, I think the teams know too, not just good drivers on race day, but the good development drivers. And Daniel certainly seemed to do that for Renault and... um, 
he seemed to just leave at the wrong time when the, the cars are getting fast. And yeah. and they talk about drivers over the over the years, over the all the years of GP, and some of them are just brilliant developer development drivers and know how to make the cars go faster. And some of them aren't. Some of them are just really good getting there and race on race day. And yeah. I think Daniel's one of those. I don't know whether Bottas is. I really can't comment. But, yeah. I mean, his cars always go fast and you'd assume that his engineering team are nearly as good as, as Hamilton's, but yeah. probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think, I think, I think Hamilton has a superior of everything, so. Well, yeah, he certainly <laughs> seemed to have a say in that camp, doesn't he? And, and look, it's about the management too. Toto, I think, is what the, I, I, anyway, I won't go on about yeah. it. But Toto, yeah. I think, is one of the best people in the whole F1 industry. Yeah. And he seems like a really um, calm, collected guy. Doesn't really make too much fuss over incidental things. He'll make a fuss to FIA when he feels he needs to. Yeah. But there's a lot of petty stuff that seems to go on in some of the other teams and one of them in particular that always rubs me up the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. No need to name names. So earlier this week, um, Kimi Raikkonen announced that he is retiring from F1. Yes. We have heard that before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Along with Alonso and... What do you others. think about that? So, unfortunately, he didn't get to race this week. Um, Robert Kubica sat in yeah. the alpha seat because he um, was out due to COVID. Um, what do you think about Kimi leaving? It's going to be disappointing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. He's a good driver and he's been, you know, a stalwart of the industry for a long time. So, he's yeah, he's a good driver and adds a bit of flair to the to the track. Talk about Kubica, though. What a, what a character. I mean, we spoke earlier yeah. about Lando's crash and... Having to get back on this in the saddle, well, you know, well, Kubitz is just a remarkable human being for what he can do, and yeah, and especially just coming off Le Mans and the unfortunate thing yeah. that happened in Le Mans, that's so disappointing for him. Um, gosh, what a shame! <laughs> but yeah. what a guy! I mean, yeah, I, I love seeing him race. So even though he obviously wasn't up there, and and yeah, and, and what do you expect? He came off Le Mans, and like what five days later, or is it? I don't know. Whatever, no, a week no later chance. or something. Yeah. Anyway, he's he's driving, an, you know, an open wheeler at F one, and the, it's got to be very different drive. So. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I enjoyed it on Sunday. <laughs> Sunday here in Australia, which is race day, was also Father's Day. So I couldn't think of a better person to spend race day with. Yeah, it was, it was lovely. I had a lovely day. And the thing is, as you must know, anyone that's listening, you do have to sit up late to watch the races in Australia. And <laughs> I'm not as young as I used to be. <laughs> really? <laughs> and if I start drinking to stay awake like I used to, then it's... I'd be speaking Swahili for two days. So. Or you'd be asleep. You'd be passed yeah, out I'd on the lounge. Yeah, I'd be passed out on the lounge and yeah. that wouldn't be any good. No, I miss the beers. I miss having the beers come race day now that I'm back in Australia, the time difference. It just doesn't doesn't work out as well. I've been making Dad stay up the last, at least the last two races because that's what we've had since I've been back in Australia. Um, staying up late where we used to watch them on a Monday um, but I've been making him stay up late because I've been so lucky being able to watch them in real time. <laughs> yeah and as I say it's just a bit of a drain so I'm a bit flat today so I'm gonna have to next week I'm gonna have a na- nana nap before the race. <laughs> Speaking of next week Italy I love oh, Italy. Yeah. Well, the I Italians love this track. have flair and a love for life, don't they? Yeah, so. I, I'm really excited for next week. I'm, I love the Italian races. 
Not sure they'll behave as well as the Dutch, though, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> the Tifosi are pretty uh, pretty yeah. intense. So, yeah, yeah no, um, great week and hopefully um, yeah. some, we can see And a there was bit. a bit of speed with Ferrari this week, so if they yeah, we keep, keep doing well, they could do really well next week in Italy. We so. haven't touched on that either. Matthias Bonotto said that after summer break that they had worked on the car and were going to come back fighting and they definitely did you can tell by their positions but yeah. um yeah exciting to see them back and we're both a Charles fan so yeah and especially as Carlos ended in the wall was it during practice yeah yeah, yeah. and you know again they had to rebuild a car and by quali in the afternoon yeah. which is pretty so, I mean again F1 I don't know out. how they do it but Me those either. cars are so complex and to rebuild them and I also even was going to say I think Potentially, Lando's car might not have been as quick as they as it had been before it went into the wall too. Hmm. They didn't really have an opportunity to test it last week, so this week was really might have been a lot of fine tuning needed in that car to make it go really fast. Yeah. Anyway, it was a, it was a as we said a pretty processional race, a pretty boring yeah. race. So our reviews yeah, are <laughs> <laughs> our reviews are it was okay, <laughs> but we're looking forward to Italy next week. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, everyone. We'll be tuning in next week for another Talk Like a Fan. Thanks, Dad, for coming on. Oh, my pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) It's Bring Your Dad to Work Day today. So, yeah, there you go. All the years you took me into work and now you're here. Should we go shoot some hoops? Shoot some hoops. That's what we'll do. Okay. (laughs) 